0: Bar. I'm your co host, Cece.
1: And I'm Peter, your other co host.
0: Peter, I got a bone to pick with you.
1: <laughs> uh, the, this is weird. But this, you know what the weird energy is? Because we're just talking for like 20 minutes. You're like, all right, I'm fight.
0: <laughs> now that we're on record. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay, first of all, I have never been more intimidated by a pick. And second of all, you had to pick a racist book. In 2020, (laughs) we could not be worse equipped to handle it, (laughs) okay? (laughs) We could not be worse equipped to articulate or address the various very racist feeling things that happened in this book. Or more like we're just casually mentioned and then never brought up again. (laughs) That's true. I kind of took the tag as we'd
1: be so uncomfortable discussing it that would actually greatly shorten the length of our episode.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that would be helpful
1: and for we, everyone, we probably. F- <laughs> yeah, we finally come in under that hour mark that we said we were going to do very long ago. And we, we,
0: forget about. we can only avoid talking about race for so long before we just have to call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> before we just chalk it up to this is an L on this episode and goodbye, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like the second page it starts with this, like, oh, you should see how a, how a black person's egg responds to... Like, what is it? Pituitary. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Albert has been telling me to read this book since high school. And then when I finally read it, I was like, oh, yeah, you want to talk about it? And he's like, oh, I don't remember anything about it. And then I was like, first of all, it feels really racist. And he's like, oh, you should see how the egg responds to pituitary. (laughs) Just like quotes it exactly. I'm like, what where did that come from? And he's like That line really messed me up. He's like it just I wrote an entire essay around that line. I'm like that is fair. Cannot I... it it's a loaded line. Oh god. Also do you have that essay still? <laughs> right. Oh Lord Um I don't That's think we're gonna talk language. much about that except for like how terrible and awkward it was. Um I mean, is there much of the time later on? I always thought this book was written in like the sixties, and it turns out nineteen thirty-one. I don't know. Had its time. I, yeah, it was actually quite uh, quite thoughtful that their utopia even included black people at all, <laughs> 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 like oh. joking, but kind of not really. Um,
1: <laughs> it's but, got the same like very casual old school mindset of like. Like the Foundation series.
0: Right, right.
1: Uh, What did we call it? It Vintage uh, Woke? Vintage Woke, that's it.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even as Vintage Woke as uh, Foundation, but Foundation has a couple decades on it. I just remember
1: Vintage Woke as the one useful thing to ever come out of this podcast.
0: (laughs) It applies to a lot of sci-fi. It's like, oh, you were trying to be progressive, but it was 1931, so being progressive was having black people acknowledged in your... Book about the future and uh, yeah. like a quote unquote utopia. Um, Not saying, oh
1: yes, well we reached racial racial unity decades ago, right? And just implying that that meant white people. Implying,
0: implying, implying. I know. Uh, and and I give him this an interracial relationship that nobody was bothered by except the only person who like or except the guy who grew up on the reservation. So I almost wonder if like th- there is a degree to which he's is saying like racial bias like racial tension between people is gone it's just like that scientific bias which god knows has a history is still there i mean is that
1: i'm wondering if it's like one of the misguided attempts to be like oh yeah look at this this cool little scientific thing about black people that's the advantage they have over white people
0: (laughs) it's so amazing
1: yeah, look at it their... It's like being like, well, you know how all black people are tall and faster than white people,
0: right? So it's, like, right. it's, oh, it's a positive stereotype.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a positive stereotype.
0: No, no, I, no, it's great. <laughs> Imagine how terrible basketball would be without you. <laughs> Says the misguided white person.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's that exact mindset that results in <laughs> it you probably see how the is negro, like responsive pituitary. <laughs> it probably is terrible terrible but like yeah
0: yes and then when what was the publishing date again 1931 just like thinking about that this was published while the great depression was happening or like right before the great depression it's wild i i bet a perfectly
1: economically balanced society was actually really attractive
0: yeah everyone has a job everyone has a place yeah, you're probably yeah. exactly right. People Although, are always consuming. I'll have to double check what year the um, Great Depression actually happens in, like technically, because it might have predated it. I thought um,
1: the Great Depression happened bef- after the war- Roaring Twenties.
0: No, it definitely happened in the thirties. I just don't know if it had started in 1931. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, it started in 1929. So you're you're right. You're exactly right. Uh,
1: well, I definitely knew that and wasn't guessing. <laughs>
0: not talking out of my ass for once
1: <laughs> I, I was speaking authoritatively on that topic and no one can give it to me otherwise
0: <laughs> speaking of topics that like we were not in fact authorities on um, is there anything more on the race topic before we move on oh you know what it was it was just the way um, John responded to Lenina he's like oh my god she's so white
1: <laughs> that was
0: funny <laughs> <laughs> so messed up oh god Anyway, that was the last, the last part Look, look at
1: her beautiful, white, pale skin. How perfect it is. This is really where I think that one actually.
0: <laughs> yes. Unlike other colors of skin, which are not perfect, according to John. Despite the fact that you grew up around them. Anyway. Right. I, I, hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think we need to talk about that anymore, because... No,
1: that's all the racial talk we could talk about. That's, that's actually <laughs> our quota for the year. We just blew it on one episode. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, true, true and accurate. <laughs> so I didn't get to ask you my initial question because I was so full of rage that you brought something so hot to the table. <laughs> but, um, how did you like the book, Peter, other than the racism, which you do not like? I know. Yes, yes, of course not. <laughs> uh, I
1: enjoyed it i I enjoyed it it had it fell into some of the you know literary traps and the stylistic traps that well I can't really call them traps. that's how you wrote in the thirties yeah, but like it, it the writing has definitely been dated,
0: yeah, for sure
1: uh, overall, I thought it was a very interesting book, obviously very thought compelling it's why so many high schoolers are forced to endure it mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, don't know. I, I, I thought it was very good. I thought it was good objectively, like aside from the, oh, this can be cool to talk about, which is, you know, all I can say for a book.
0: Yeah. Honestly. Very often, though.
1: Go on. Uh, very often. Uh, I was listening to it. By the way, part of the reason why we're late again is because I believe before we recorded our episode last month where I was in Columbus, I found out that I was also going to go to Reno. So I also spent two weeks away there. So, like, that's part of the reason why we're late again.
0: There are, like, a bunch of reasons. I wasn't sure we were even going to talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's just, like, it was just bad. Nothing ever lined up. There I was are. away for two weeks.
0: But will stop right out?
1: Yeah. I started traveling again. Is, right. Traveling for work is not conducive to listening to podcasts or uh, audiobooks all day, which I get to do at my normal job pretty typically. Yes. So sure that is part of the reason why I relate. But anyway, uh so I would be like on the plane sitting there listening to this audiobook and like me you know, maybe playing a game on my phone or something and then I would like just kind of zone out of the book for like I don't even know how long and all of a sudden it's like completely disconnected from the part where it was but it's still describing the same process. Yeah, totally.
0: Well, like they went out that... to
1: describe the the birthing process and like all mm-hmm. that for yeah. I don't know. 75 pages
0: <laughs> I was gonna say like it is not a very welcoming start to the book it goes so like deep into the science uh which I do want to talk about by the way because it's funny um but it like goes so deep into like the manufacturing of humans process wh- which makes sense because it is so foundational to the book but like it goes on for so long in such like stilted language that it's not really like fun <laughs> Yeah, I got to put point where I was like, "Oh, I'm reading a textbook." I know on this process. No, seriously, it feels like that. Although I think that if I went back and reread it, um, th- there is some humor in it. You know what I mean? Like all the all the the new scientists or whatever the new hires like scribbling down and like worshipping the guy who's talking and so on and so forth. So like he does lighten it up a little bit. But if especially if you're listening to a book, like I didn't I didn't listen to it. I I read it on my Kindle. Um. But I could definitely see how, listening to it as an audiobook, you would lose, like, 95% of that entire chapter.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, I was talking to someone, one of my co-workers today about how uh, she was like, I can't believe people actually enjoy and think super well of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Really? And because, I, I love that book. Right, I, I love it. I don't know many people that don't. Yeah. i have read it anyway. Uh, and it turns out that she had listened to it instead of reading it.
0: Oh,
1: And I can very easily see Hitchhikers being a very hard audiobook. If it's your first time through, especially.
0: You know, I wouldn't have guessed that. I I would think that with the right narrator, it would be a fantastic audiobook. Because of just like the dryness of the humor. But I guess if you're a very, very bad narrator and you play it all super deadpan, then the humor will be totally lost. I don't think it requires
1: a very bad narrator. I think it requires an average narrator.
0: Well, I guess.
1: I think like you have to inject some personality into that, and I think that requires a much more veteran or much more outgoing narrator than typically are doing these audiobooks.
0: I'm going to look up samples of that later. I'm very curious.
1: Especially Hitch- Hitchhikers, which has been around for a while, so there's probably been an audiobook for a very long time.
0: I would think that there's been multiple audiobook interpretations. I mean, maybe she just got a bad one.
1: That's entirely possible. So, Did she not find it know, funny? I, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe she's just not funny. She might not be funny.
0: Does she not get humor? How does she feel she's... about
1: you? <laughs> see, see, if we does everyone's sense of humor by whether or not they thought I was funny, <laughs> no one in the world would be funny.
0: <laughs> not very many people would uh, would be considered having a good sense of humor. It's like ask. our family, not even all of our family. families, not, not, select no. few other people. I can name a couple of people in our family who are not amused by you at all. <laughs>
1: Well, they're not funny then.
0: (laughs) I guess not.
1: That's their problem.
0: Oh, man. But this is definitely one of those books that people are always like, oh, wow, it's so relevant to the world today. And yeah, it is pretty much. You just replace SOMO with smartphone and you pretty much got it all figured out. (laughs) I hadn't thought of that part. (laughs) Experiencing existential dread? Just go on your phone. It's fine. (laughs) Play some Dino Dash. Um, <laughs> that'll that'll so fix correct. that right up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> up late at night, can't sleep, smartphone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just, you want to wash away multiple days without even realizing it? Playing the <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Um, oh, man, that's an excellent point, CC. Hadn't thought of that one.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Unfortunately, uh, that
1: plays really well into conspiracy theories that phones are just here by the government to control us.
0: So we're going to have to cut this segment. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> our one profound this will thing. I Profound's generous, but thank you for, this, for using it anyway. It's all relative on this podcast, Cece. What'd you say?
1: It's all relative on our podcast. Oh, true.
0: P- profound relative to our usual observations. Sure. <laughs> L- low bar, but sure. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, man. But, okay, so I thought that the science uh, was really really kind of funny because like the whole time, because again, I wasn't thinking about what year this was published. The whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, did they not genetically engineer anyone? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they just all they do is they like take the embryos and, and influence them externally. And I think it's so interesting that Huxley's vision of like perfect control over human development was to like completely replicate the womb, still have sperm and egg without any modification other than like what you feed it and what environments it's exposed to. Like, imagine if this book was written today, there would be like so many different ways they could do it. In fact, I was thinking about Red Rising, which uses like a very similar thing where they have the very strict caste systems and the embryos that are, um, well, I guess they don't do it by embryo, but they do like genetically engineer different sort of subspecies of humans and um how like that's all about genetic engineering whereas and no doubt very inspired by this book um but in this book it's just like oh we put alcohol in that one oh those ones we like exposed to light or or what have you it's all these like external ways to tweak it and no attention at all to the genome
1: that's very interesting i hadn't even occurred to me like what was missing there
0: but something seemed weird yeah,
1: well, it was, it was more so I was being struck by, oh, that's an interesting approach to human engineering.
0: <laughs> Not a, it's a limited approach due to the state of science in 1931?
1: Well, certainly that, but...
0: I'm a bad I mean, biologist because I cannot tell you even closely what year DNA was discovered, so I'm going to look that up now.
1: Okay. I mean, uh, I'm going to go ahead and lean heavily on the foreword of Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park
0: does it s- oh what <laughs> does it the, say that the, or are you saying that's what it was discovered
1: <laughs> that was when it was discovered in michael Crichton,
0: michael creighton <laughs> broke that story wide open wide open <laughs> well i think i think uh, genetics were um were known well so that but was f- just
1: talking about in in michael Crichton's thing about how like we kind of knew there was something yeah but then like humans being like the 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 Human Genome Project, all the attempts to map various parts of the genome and all this, was very much like a late 20th century thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure.
1: Like the, you know, the genetic revolution. sure so that we knew programs. how,
0: like, genes were structured and all of that before, before this book was published. It seems like different pieces were put together from, like, n- late 1800s on. So... He might have had some vague idea, or he might have literally never heard of DNA before. I'm not sure that the Yeah, what's the existed. word on that DNA story? Yeah. But, did, you, did, you not, did you not look that up? Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like, from, I mean, the first time it was isolated was in 1869, but like, I wouldn't say that, I mean, they obviously didn't know its structure until um Watson and Crick and uh, actually... Oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank on her name, which is a terrible metaphor for her relative obscurity. Rosie Franklin? Yes. Yes, Rosalind Franklin, who actually took the photo of DNA for the first time, the um, double helix. But that was in the 50s. when When it was first isolated, it was like, here's a cloud that we're pretty sure guides cell development. Uh, I'm not even sure it was that much. I think it was more like, oh, this is a different type of cellular material. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but the point being that,
1: yes, the, the idea and most of the guiding principles that govern, I'm mean, saying modern genetics is such a weird thing to say, because it's not even like we, I mean, there is modern genetics, but it's not like we're doing genetic engineering. <laughs>
0: uh, that's not really true.
1: Is that, I mean, I meant, no. I, I meant at a human scale.
0: Oh not in humans no um, except except in China
1: <laughs> well yes that, of course, granted <laughs> right we're doing engineering on like bacterium and things like that like testing like uh, perhaps drug delivery mechanisms or things like that of that nature right
0: yeah yeah um GMOs
1: are we doing anything at a oh GMOs are I guess that does make sense, yeah
0: Yeah, genetically modified organisms.
1: Yeah, when you think about the acronym that it is, yes.
0: (laughs) I mean, technically, basically any biologic drug is made by, um, you know, like creating a gene for it and causing cells to make that gene. So in a way, that's sort of genetic engineering, too. But I see what you're saying, though. We are not genetically engineering humans um, in in the sense that brave new world has humans engineered or in any sense really
1: right although i suppose we can draw a parallel to things that we do to like you know gmo corn or whatever or grasses
0: right like forcing mutations and that sort of a thing
1: yeah making them perhaps more like more um uh like less moisture dependent and things like that for like drier climates like the, the things like that have been done
0: yeah but it's very interesting though that they're not like okay and then we're going to take like alpha eggs and alpha sperm and mix them together and now we have an alpha and like now we're going to take a you know a gamma sperm and a gamma egg and mix them together and now we have a gamma like you would think that if they're creating all these like like there's there's no concept of genetics you know what i mean it it, ironically almost considering the earlier discussed uh r word um it seems like they consider the starting point of egg and sperm to be totally equal across the board and then it's, like, a blank slate on which to, like, craft the person. It was, like, a, a lump of, of wax from which you can make a person what you want them to be. It's interesting. It seems as though...
1: You know, you're right. It seems like they are saying that the there is, like, huge potential. Like, the same potential from all sperm and all egg. Mm-hmm. Um, And I, I guess the real answer is probably it's a balance of the two, right? Like, it's a balance of the environment, like what kind of uh like what the environment and like what the the fetus is being fed to a certain extent, but then also genetics.
0: Yeah, sure. Genetics impact the person you are and the things that you're good at and all of that. But so too does the way you grow up and the things you're exposed to as you as you develop.
1: You mean embryonically and
0: not like as a child? Um, I think well, I both. mean both. Uh, yeah, I think I mean both. But I mean, I, I am not just a developmental psych course, but I'm pretty sure both. <laughs>
1: Right. I mean, I'm just saying we're not discounting their method. We're just saying that it's weird that that's their primary and sole method as opposed to uh, genetic engineering.
0: Right. And it's interesting that um, they sort of acknowledge the imperfections in it. Like the whole rumor about Bernard that he had alcohol in his blood surrogate. And like that shouldn't happen for an alpha and he still or an alpha plus and he still becomes an alpha plus and he grows into that. Um, I mean, I think that the assumption is, like, it happened once, or, like, not for an extended period of time or whatever, but that he was exposed to alcohol uh, at some point. And while, you know, he's odd, it could very well be unrelated, and he still became, like, what his predestined person was.
1: I mean, I am wondering if his predestined person was set and there was no accommodation for not being that
0: well, like it does but like you would think that in this universe, they would just, like, snuff out any embryo that had been mishandled in any way. Oh, well, I mean, yes. Yeah, assuming they knew about
1: that. What'd you say? Assuming they knew, right? Like, if they didn't know that he had been, right. that he had had, like, one time and got a treatment of alcohol instead of, um, whatever,
0: oxygen enrichment or something. Yeah, but you would think, like, as he, as he hits milestones and stuff, I don't know. I, I would not put it beyond the civilization to vanish any kid. Like, maybe not kill, but, like, disappear them off to some island somewhere. Such as the islands discussed at islands. the end of the book.
1: The... Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of, like, whether or not they detect... I think if they are right, if they had detected it, he would have been tossed out. Yeah. Right out with the bathwater. But, uh, I think that they probably
0: <laughs> Good metaphor, good metaphor in this case. Thank you. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Oh, I'm so glad.
1: So, the... The alphas didn't have Brnovsky groups, right? It was
0: just the alpha on its own. Uh yes, yeah. Bokanovsky groups, I think they were called. Bokanovsky? Yes. Okay. I mean, that sounds more right.
1: <laughs> okay, so the So I, mean, I guess that's still a matter of like, well, if you mistreat the embryo in any way, they cannot be a an alpha if you catch it anyway.
0: So like yeah, would I would be, think so. What,
1: what do they do? Like they freeze it or something? They shock the embryo some in some manner to force it to bud?
0: Yeah, something like that. I, I don't know specifically. I don't, yeah. Because again, that part was really boring. <laughs> you would think that me, the <laughs> biologist, would be like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it was boring for tell, you, tell I Tell me how imagine. you would engineer embryos in, in 1931. And yet it was. And yet it was. <laughs> It was an interesting concept
1: that of staffing, like, factories as best you can with 100% clones of each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because in a book that... Well, okay, in the society that so clearly demonizes individualism, it kind of almost is an individualistic notion, because they're like, well, no two people will do this job the same way, so we just have to make it the same person over and over and over again for consistency.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, is that why they do that? I had kind of assumed it was more of a first of all efficiency of getting out of most out of the embryo. There was that, and secondly, uh, a matter of well, they are most likely to get along with each other, which is obviously not. Oh my a god, great that's
0: insane! I would hate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <You are doing laughs> me. I
0: don't know if you're like this, Peter, but I often notice that I like the faults in other humans that I get angriest at are my faults. You know what I mean? Okay. That is true. Like but oh, I, I do that all the that... time, it drives me crazy. <laughs> 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 How dare you do that to me? <laughs> 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 That's my thing. Yeah, okay. Fair. But I think
1: in this book where they're obviously I mean the whole the, the society he's not wasn't this book wasn't written to be like a wouldn't this be so great
0: no no not at all that would be a total misread
1: yeah so i think the that's also part of it like it's calls into this the the here's social harmony these people uh will work together well because they know each other the best and if they can overlook each other's faults with the use of soma then we're okay
0: yeah pretty much I, but I,
1: because I can't see another, I like the consistency. I guess is true, but like also the society is not concerned about waste. So if you throw out one of one third of things, it just means you can open more factories and have more people working.
0: True. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting how they um, raise consumerism to the ideal of like public duty, and that sort of like <laughs> kind of aggressive hyper capitalism was uh, felt very. Well, uh, on the nose for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I... I also... Like, I feel like this book in many ways portrays itself as like a everyone belongs to everyone socialism ideal. Mm-hmm. But the economy is so flagrantly the like the epitome of capitalism. What every single magnate wants capitalism to be. Right, exactly.
0: Book. It is uber capitalism.
1: Yeah, you can match demand perfectly to supply... No problems. Everyone's working.
0: Yeah, there's a, um, I I can't remember (laughs) much about it, but there is an interesting Freakonomics episode for those who uh, would be curious about whether or not like constant growth of GDP is a good goal because it is like every economy's goal is like, oh, we have to keep growing the GDP. We have to keep growing the GDP. But like, there's probably a point where like the GDP is (laughs) good. Why does it need (laughs) to keep going up? Like, why is that the marker of health? And in this in this world, it very much is. I mean, I don't think they ever mentioned GDP, but that's basically what they're saying. That's true. Like, always, always, always more consumption, more purchasing, etc.
1: Yeah, that is certainly true. And it's all about, like, not repairing shit. And, and like, I don't know, it's just, it's fascinating. To <laughs> see ending is society. better than mending, Peter. It's so fascinating to see a society that's so aggressively... Um, just not representative of real world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's very, it's very interesting. Um, And on the topic of the consumerism thing, I think one of the things that was hard for me to wrap my head around with this book is its tone. Because like, I can't tell if it's just old or if it's meant to be like, silly like when <laughs> <laughs> like when they're repeating um when they're like repeating the conditioned phrases like ending is better than mending and like everybody's happy nowadays actually that one was kind of chilling but like a lot of the other little <laughs> rhymes um sound like ridiculous and oh my god orgy porgy could not sound more ridiculous <laughs> it's true I. Hate that. <laughs> it's so silly and for not a silly concept at all. <laughs> and, yeah, right. And and I'm best, like, best, is best, this, too. is this meant to sound silly or is this just a 90 year old book? I can't tell. I'm losing my mind. No, I think it's meant to sound
1: silly because I think the, one of the guiding principles of the society is instant gratification. If you want oh, yeah. something, you can have it. Again, 2020. Hello. If you want to sleep with that person, you can sleep with that person. It's pretty straightforward
0: yeah like whatever i mean even to the point just on that note even to the point where um when lenina was frustrated that she couldn't sleep with john her friend was like just just do it make him make him sleep with you (laughs) like the concept of rape didn't exist because there was like no such thing as not consenting to having sex with anyone else apparently
1: yeah and that was also an extremely chilling part of this book very creepy but the, I think the idea is that, well, if you have instant gratification and you don't really have to worry about things, you don't really get hurt. This is this is a society of children.
0: Yeah, well, that's what they and talk the, about,
1: right? So then the whole like the the clever, you know, the fun little rhymes is like so is something that would you know make a little kid excited about like oh this this cool little rhyme that kind of sounds good and has a good tempo, and that yeah. is completely something like we have child child uh like child rhymes for a reason and we put like a lot of life lessons in child rhymes and things of that nature do you mean nursery rhymes
0: because child rhymes seems, feels really weird <laughs> nursery rhymes
1: <laughs> is the word i was looking for
0: <laughs> you know child rhymes i don't <laughs> like it i don't know why i don't like it but i don't <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's fair yeah so we have nursery rhymes that like the moral lessons in them to make children remember them <laughs> like and stuff like that but you know that goes away because eventually you evolve your tastes and you you, know, you start reading the classics, and like at some point, or you start reading, uh, you know whatever science fiction, historical events. You go through like textbooks, but those aren't things for the society.
0: Right, and responsibilities are slowly placed on you, and you slowly like have to work for things, and that and that sort of a thing. That all happens in current real world, but you're right in that universe. Like everything is laid out before you. You never have. Any doubt about what you're supposed to do. Like when you were a kid, if, you know, you knew that you were supposed to unload the dishwasher that day, like there was no stress in it. You just did it because you knew you were supposed to. And if you didn't, you would get in trouble. Then you'd do it anyway. (laughs) You'd be annoyed that you got in trouble, but you wouldn't be, like, stressed. Like, oh, God, like, I've really got to load this dishwasher. Like, mom's going to demote me. Like, you (laughs) you don't have any of the stresses of of adulthood. And you're totally right that, like, in this universe, that is what it's like to be a human adult. You know exactly what your place is. You know exactly what you need to do to have a successful day. I mean, like, think about even – um. There was that one scene. I don't even remember what they were doing, but they were like, "Yeah, well, we could make the factory more efficient, but then like, it, it's really not good to, to shorten their days. Like, they need to have full days. Like, what are they going to do with all that leisure time?" Yeah, I think it was the conversation
1: between, um, what was his name? Something Mon Mustafa Mond.
0: Mustafa, yeah. Which is a sweet name. Oh, so cool! Record. Very cool. That's a dope name. World controller Mustafa Mond. <laughs> Yeah, sickest job,
1: sickest name.
0: Just crushing anyway. it across the board. Pretty cool I dude, actually. Probably the I most interesting character to me.
1: Yes, most interesting character, most developed character.
0: Yes, Just despite like, being in, like, a, a one eighth of the book.
1: Yeah, like, most deep character. Like, I feel like he is would be, like, the person I would want to go, like, hang out with. Smartest character far and away. <laughs> oh, for sure. Not, no doubt. 100%. Anyway. Uh, go yeah. on. Uh, Anyway, anyway. Mustafa Mahmoud was (laughs) saying... So, I think it was when he was talking to uh, Marx, Hemholtz, and John, after they got in trouble. Yeah. I think that's when that happened. When they were all like, well, okay, hold on. Now, if we're gonna get in trouble anyway, let's ask some questions here.
0: (laughs) We're already screwed. How much more screwed can we get?
1: Yeah, and I would like some answers to some questions I've been having. (laughs) So, that, I think, is that. I think that's that scene. So, the... Um,
0: so yeah, the, hold on, where was I going with that? I don't know. Was it about the I, comment by Mustafa or was it something unrelated? <laughs> okay, I, here's my question.
1: What is okay. the goal of the world states? Because it seems like, well, if you can make the factories more efficient, you could just not birth as many people. You have 100% control over birthing rates. So just make it less, or like, make it more efficient, have fewer people,
0: and then you're well, good. But that would disrupt the equilibrium, I think is what they're saying. Like, they don't want anything to change, ever. They want to keep things going, perfectly balanced, because they feel that they have found the formula for perfect human happiness.
1: Is it they think they've found the formula, or is it that they think that trying to move forward and maybe having fewer people and make Because eventually... So the Earth, as we are all aware, I hope, has a finite number of resources. Yes. And it seems like their consumerism
0: society is going to be going through them rapidly. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Because, so, again, see, the concept
0: of recycling didn't exist in the 1930s. Unless it's, like, some... Ce-
1: oh, yeah, that's a good point, in the 1930s. I was thinking, like, unless there's some secret, dark, uh, like, recycling, like, black ops group that they have to, like, just recycle the things they need to to keep it going. <laughs>
0: I bet there is amazing fan fiction about this. <laughs> I, I bet it's been written for English classes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I bet there's amazing fan fiction about, like, all the stuff that goes on, like, all the different kinds of jobs that they have to do in order to keep, like, a consumerist society. But without, like, going to space, without moving forward in, life, In I guess, not life, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, leaving Earth at all. Right. Like, how do you? Because there's no talk of spaceships. There's no, like, and then we mine the meteors. None of that. Like, there has to be something to give an explanation or context to that. Or that is all of that, but, like, built in this universe. Yeah. I'm very curious about that.
1: That they just don't go anywhere. Although, to be fair, they do have, like, rocket ships that they talk about.
0: Like, obviously, yes, they're not going to That's how they travel.
1: Right. But, like, I, it seems like if they've gotten suborbital rockets down, they probably have at least the technology for space
0: travel. You know, another very surprising thing that he brought up, actually. I hadn't thought about that in terms of what year it was written. But that's very cool.
1: Oh, the suborbital rockets and all that? Yeah. In space? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought you were like, another one is
0: this now. And, and anyway, really, I'm going to say something know? else. No, I don't. It's already said. I realized as I was saying that you might feel that way, and I didn't know how to stop it, <laughs> so I just let you fall. <laughs>
1: Oh, that was you tabletopping me with your own words. Nice.
0: <laughs> Sorry about that one. You know what happens.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I, think, the, I think the perfect... I don't, don't think they're just settling with the way it is, because the problem with that is, eventually, you're going to have the issue of, well, we've run out of resources. So I think they're probably trying to keep the going in a stable way as long as possible. But that would require minimizing your uses of resources. So I right. would think that their problem is they're not sure how to go about minimizing their use of resources and also uh, like over time reducing their number of people but increasing their efficiency so they can balance that out. Like, I don't think they're at the equilibrium yet. I just think they're afraid of disturbing that so that they can have this go as long as possible without doing something dramatic like going to space.
0: Interesting. I don't know. Because you, you're right, they like exactly replenish how many people they have. Because they even talked about like, oh, when there's a sudden population loss, like that earthquake. Remember that earthquake, Harold? Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I think they, they are just completely maintaining it. And you know that Huxley's coming at this with an understanding of resource scarcity, because that's the whole Malthus thing. Uh, Malthus's whole thing was that like the carrying capacity well I don't think he used the term carrying capacity of the earth I forget what that guy's name was Um, but that like eventually you could run out of resources and like it would create poverty and people would suffer and so on and so forth so like clearly scarcity was a concept familiar to Huxley because that's the whole Malthusian belt thing Um, oh that was the other thing why did women need to use birth control they could sterilize women back then at first, cause they, at first, I was like, "Why wouldn't they just like genetically engineer them to be sterile?" And that's what brought me around to the whole thing. Because that's, they that's what cracked this wide open. <laughs> no, they sterilized women. Okay, but like, then why did they need to do the Malthusian thing? So they like oh, okay. literally you, you walked around with course. birth control on their belts. Well, first of all, the
1: fact that it was on their belts is insane. I know. Here's my well, bandelier. I mean, control. if casual
0: sex is the pillar of your society, then I guess you, that's why? Where why hide it?
1: You would be a I bad citizen if
0: you weren't carrying it around.
1: I think it's hilarious that they're like, oh, I love that style on your decorative, but still very functional. Birth control. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, so uh, it was Birth control, they... again,
0: also a very forward-thinking idea. Go on.
1: Uh, so they sterilized 70% of
0: women. Oh, uh, okay. So what, everyone putting... else just was an egg farm?
1: uh yeah the idea was the uh oh, what the hell did they call them they had a word for it free uh,
0: martin
1: yes, exactly uh the free martins are the the free martins are the sterile women, okay, and then the i guess not free martins or whatever anyway uh the ones that are not sterile, there's like thirty percent of the population and they're like a reserve supply and like just say something horrible happens at a at a place. I do think a lot about why, like, where they got all the eggs from. Because they just, they, they, it's the only thing they said about the the women who aren't sterilized. They said, yeah, here are these women who don't, like, in like, are a reserve supply. Although I'm wondering if they harvest them from the women that are sterile. And the way they make them sterile is they, like, induce, like, they introduce a lot of testosterone into their body during, like, final development stages, I think. Is that what they and said? I want, I think it's something like that, which, yeah, yeah, it led to a funny comment about how uh, they, the women who aren't sterile have a passing uh, tendency to grow beards. Oh, yeah,
0: that's right. This book was silly in the weirdest moments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like talking about a super dystopian way of robbing women of like, the, yeah. one of the most defining characteristics. And it's like, and they also grow beards sometimes.
0: <laughs> it's like, hold on. something something's missing here. Yeah. Like any like. kind of sequitur whatsoever. <laughs> I didn't feel like any kind of sequitur. Literally anything. Um. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. What a weird book. It's a bizarre book. It's like... And like you're so you're so invested, at least I was so like invested in all the sort of like disturbing things about it that I, I almost don't even notice like half of these funny moments that pass you by. Like I was reading something that was like, oh yes. And Night times the book is very humorous. And I was like, it is? And I was like, yeah, it is. I remember funny moments. I just, like, I, I remember laughing while reading it, but you like, I, I had not even thought about them because there's so much about the book. That's like weird and fascinating and disturbing. Yeah. I'll, really mostly the disturbing part. Mostly that. Yeah. Mostly that. Part uh, of what was disturbing about it was in some, at some moments, like how appealing it sounded. Like, I mean, everybody's about, happy like, nowadays, and how people yeah. really believe that. Everyone's so satisfied with their lives. There are these moments where you're like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying it's great, but everyone does seem happy. Oh,
1: certainly. And there's the, just simply the matter of like, well, wouldn't it have been really cool? Like, think about engineering school, right? When you were like a mm-hmm. senior or junior, and you're sitting there very stressed about what your future's going to be like. Yeah. And like, where are you going to go find the work? What exact field are you going to go enter? Like, what is your life going to be?
0: And knowing what your purpose is,
1: right? Having utter confidence in what I'm going to do next year. I mean, even at this point, I'm in a very stable job, but there's no, no issues on the horizon. Company's doing very well. I'm performing well. Everything's fine. But like, it's entirely possible that in a year from now, I will be not doing this. And I'll be doing something wildly different.
0: Yeah. It's a scary possibility. Don't say things like that. <laughs>
1: certainly not around our
0: parents <laughs> no but they like oh man stability is very comforting and like not everyone enjoys stability but i sure do yeah absolutely and if you're like raised to be like well stability is what you need then it would come to the point where you certainly uh, are going yeah to. like that's that's the target of a good life and you're like well i don't know if somebody else could take care of the stability for me i'd have so much less to worry about <laughs> yeah it is interesting um,
1: outsourcing stability would be nice.
0: Yeah. But you know, you can't have the highs without the lows, which I think is part of the point of the book. Like you cannot experience like epic joy, like happiness, extreme, like love, that sort of a thing. If you, if you're incapable of experiencing the alternatives, like you right. cannot Evil have a world feels- that has just one and not the other, cause then you'll never like appreciate it.
1: Right, it's a society without extremes. They've managed to temper society.
0: Right, and people are just, just, like, chilling. But there isn't perfect happiness. Like, they tell themselves they're happy, but they still have these moments of depression. And That's um, what Lenina's friend goes through, right, where she needs to have a surrogate pregnancy, which I don't even know. <laughs> talk about that. This woman is unhappy because yeah, she's wild. never been pregnant. Oof.
1: Um, I'm wondering if that is, like, basically they just gave her like all the chemicals you would get like week to week in a pregnancy
0: they must right it must be like that, a course like a medical course
1: yeah like a yeah like weekly shots of like all right now your body should be feeling knees and you know <laughs>
0: yeah now you get morning sickness uh <laughs> now you get hot flashes and can't sleep at night isn't this great
1: <laughs> this is this what you want is this what you need
0: <laughs> are you less depressed now well you better be everyone's happy nowadays
1: oh yeah. I mean that's this, that's the, like the terrifying part and that's what kind of drives Marx off the deep end basically pretty like, much so entirely of off the deep happy. end
0: but notice though that when he came back from the reservation and everyone liked him he was like cool <laughs> He no longer was this subversive, thoughtful guy, at least for a while. It wasn't until he, like, kind of started falling out of favor again that he got back to being, like, all cranky and, like, seeing through the cracks of society. Like, I mean, he was, was perfectly was... happy being a star within that framework that he had hated before.
1: Right, and then, but isn't that the whole idea, right? He had being conditioned from a very young age. I thought it was very interesting that Marx does the condition, or, like, is responsible for it at the center, And so he had, like, in-depth knowledge of what the conditioning was.
0: I loved that period of time where he was just, like, saying how many times from, like, what age to what age people had heard certain phrases as, like, other people were saying the phrases around him. That was very good. That was very good. I agree. And it's interesting that here
1: he is, the person who does the conditioning, is still completely a slave to it. Oh my god, yeah. And, like, he's aware of the fact that it happened, but... You know, I guess maybe if you're aware of it while it's happening, you can resist it. Like, I feel like if you're aware of conditioning, you're going to be able to, you know, not yep. be, suck you, up to it.
0: You have better odds than somebody who's not aware of their being conditioned.
1: Certainly. So but I think yeah, you, no, that's
0: that's a good point. But I mean, but, aren't uh, we all slaves to our own patterns?
1: Uh, that is certainly true. And, you know, I know you just said that because you want to sound deep.
0: I <laughs> don't! No, I mean it, though.
1: For me, it's how much
0: I love dessert and noodles. And noodles.
1: (laughs) Never forget the noodles.
0: But no, like, think about it. So if you're on a diet, right, like a low-carb diet, and you're like, God, but I always eat noodles when I'm sad, and you're sad, like, it's going to be almost impossible to not destroy your diet by eating noodles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's the so whole, that's,
0: like... So, those noodles are um, Bernard accepting the praise of peers he had previously loathed. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Oh, um, God.
1: Would you like to talk about the reservation?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. We can talk about the reservation. I was kind of disappointed by the reservation, to be honest. I was really hoping it was going to be, like, diverse. <laughs>
1: I was hoping it would be, like, small-town America. That's what I was picturing! Or, like, a suburb.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, I guess not that diverse. But, like...
1: (laughs) I guess, especially not in the 30s. I guess
0: what I'm saying is I was very shook that it was, like, an actual Native American reservation. Um,
1: Yeah, I did not expect that to happen. I assumed it was going to be, like, a slice of life from, you know, this era.
0: Which I guess it couldn't be because that society was also capitalist, so they kind of got, like, brought in... Not that there wasn't capitalism on the reservation, but, like, you know, there's nothing more, like, 20th century consumerist than living a suburban life, like, keeping your lawn, buying a car, keeping up with the Joneses, that whole thing. So I guess it makes yeah. sense that that would have been absorbed into, into that society. But I was very, like, I was kind of like, oh, this is a point where you could have been more interesting and you weren't, personally. Sorry, yeah, Huxley. I mean it, it could have been but it does make sense you write that it had to be
1: something not extremely capitalist at least, not modern capitalist,
0: right, so actually, I've been watching the um the series on Peacock. I don't know if you have watched it at all. uh no, it's very good, it sort of like addresses everything that I had a problem with <laughs> these books and uh sort of re-represents it there okay there's a lot of orgies so brace yourself but that's probably not surprising um what but no so in this what there were a lot of orgies on the show yeah shocking there were orgies in this book oh you're being sarcastic that sounded so sincere <laughs> <laughs> thank you i've been working on my acting yeah no, very good <laughs> a perfect skill for quarantine anyway <laughs> pretending you're okay I think you're good. <laughs> um, anyway, what I'm saying is that one of the things that they did is they made the reservation kind of like like really poor suburban white America, like kind of trailer parky type of a thing. I like that. And I was like, this is more like it. <laughs> um and, like, yeah, there are you know, people of different races and everything there, too. But it was, it was, like, definitely that sort of extreme poverty in America in the country versus an urban setting um, that you see. And I thought that was a very, uh, it, it was just, like, a much more relevant and, and real feeling take on it for me.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. I like
0: that. Yeah. There were a lot of things that they did that, that I think made it a lot better. You should check it out. I would recommend it. Okay. I will definitely take a look at that. Sounds very yes. good. Um, but, yeah. What did you think of the reservation?
1: Um, I thought it was weird that they knew there was an outside world. I kind of liked that they high. knew there was
0: an outside world.
1: And it was, and it was interesting because they had no interest in going. Like They had no interest in exploring it. Yeah, the yeah, only thing that had any interest seem... in the outside world was, like, John and, uh, Linda.
0: I almost wonder if that's, like, why they went with, um, why, why Huxley went with, like, a Native American population. Because it's, like, they just kind of want to be left to their own devices. Like, they just want to go live their lives, <laughs> you know?
1: Well, that's true. It's like when, you know, uh, Stop talking with them arrived and they were like, Hey, here's, you know, all these wild and cool inventions. They're like, that's cool. We're going to keep tending the land the way we have for thousands of years.
0: Yeah, we like how we do things.
1: Yeah, and they're like, oh, wait, what? Uh, and it's like, it so baffles them that they wouldn't want to, you know, explain, expand and explore and, you know, be imperialists. Yeah. So that's totally. an excellent argument. I think you're right. That's probably why he chose them. And that's an interesting thought and the issues that that brings up with the uh, suburbia, like the poor suburbia of the series.
0: Yeah, I, um, oh, shoot, I had a thought. Where did it go? Oh, at some point, they just mentioned in passing, though, that they didn't (laughs) colonize or, or, quote, unquote, civilize those areas, because they were, uh, like, too remote to be worth the expense, which I thought was very strange. I'm like, there's gonna be lots of places that are too remote to be worth the expense. Why do you have to go to New Mexico?
1: I mean, I think it was like, too remote to be worth the expense and had no good natural resources.
0: Like here's a desert true.
1: did you guys want this <laughs> no i guess we'll just leave it
0: this is funny because i don't think that they mention resources very much in the book but there does seem to be like an undercurrent of it every time you bring it up i'm like oh yeah that that tracks that feels real it feels true <laughs> it brings true to me You're my soul yeah exactly that. oh man so you want to talk about mustafa some more and not just in how cool he is there's nothing else to talk about there's not much to talk about. Well, I just mean I more, more. I mean like the last couple scenes with him. Oh, oh, okay. You mean when he was even cooler? Yeah. Gotcha. Well, when <laughs> we learned how cool he was, <laughs> when we were like, "Oh, Mustafa's a badass."
1: Yes. Uh, I I like Mustafa way too much for him to be the authoritarian dictator over like one tenth <laughs> of the world.
0: I know. Oh my god, I know. Man, He's... I really like him. <laughs> well, I I thought he was so interesting, um, just the way he sort of justifies his life choices and grapples with them. It feels like he's the only person with freaking agency in this book.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I wonder if that's a, like, an element of being a world controller.
0: Is the having world agency. controllers
1: are the only truly free people in the world. And as, based on his conversation with John, that freedom has its prices, and it's the price of the ability to be sad.
0: Yeah, and knowing yeah. what like an alternative life could look like.
1: I think to an extent, John at the end of this book is emotionally quite close to a world controller.
0: Go on. <laughs> Shit! I know. No, <laughs> no so I the, knew it. It's a counter bluff.
1: <laughs> so Mustafa refuses to let John go to the islands with his friends because John or Mustafa wants to see what John will do hmm. he wants to know what John will do next with this newfound knowledge and this newfound freedom I mean there are very what few what will actions- an
0: enlightened person without duty do with that knowledge well,
1: what will an enlightened person without conditioning do hmm That's true, yeah. That's a much better way of putting it. John's only conditioning is that of Shakespeare.
0: Yeah. So, I mean... He hasn't been conditioned at all, any more than any of us have. We've all been conditioned by the way we've grown up, but, like, not in a deliberate, specific, targeted way.
1: Right, and so I think, effectively, what will a person with that conditioning do? So I think
0: Mustafa wants
1: to know, well, if a person saw this world... If a human as nature intended, not controlled by any chemicals, right? John was from the civilized world, but born naturally.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: From two civilized people. Right. Of of the upper crust. One's, like, a beta Mm -hmm. minus, and one was an alpha. So, like, relative... And I have a theory that also, like, alphas slash betas, but mostly alphas, actually represent natural man.
0: What do you mean, natural man? Is that a thing?
1: No, no. Like, I think the human norm aside from obvious Uh-oh. arguments about like ableism things like that but like as far as like baseline intelligence level or capacity for intelligence i think okay. the alphas actually represent the human norm
0: oh i see what you're saying it's like um degrade humanity don't elevate it
1: right to because they don't separation. they don't do anything
0: right they like they
1: give it you know a good environment to be born in and to develop the fetus in they, that's totally true. They, they give
0: them good educations. They are basically rich people of privilege. They, they are yeah. humans of privilege today. Yeah. I would say
1: they're humans of privilege and probably beta minus or beta are like middle class.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Not they tracks. don't get a whole lot of
1: individualist exposure to other, uh, level, uh, other classes. But yeah, that's my, that's my theory, that they are <laughs> less affected by uh, the things they do to mess with fetuses, feti uh F- fetuses i think i think it's fetuses but i hate it M- embryos <laughs> embryos is a good walk work around thank you Cece.
0: you're <laughs> so welcome
1: anyway um that's but anyway back to the original point john is effectively an actual human right with no weird things happening to his parents although i could just say anything that happens to the embryo after birth or a- after oh. conception wouldn't be passed down to him uh anyway So, he Uh, is then this normal human, this average human, before the world state, that has no conditioning. What does he Mm -hmm. do when he's learned what the world state does, and why it doesn't, and what the state of the world actually is?
0: Right, is he overwhelmed with joy that it's all been worked out?
1: Right, or is he he filled with anguish? Yeah, and And it turns
0: out to be the latter.
1: Turns out to be the latter. He goes uh, into isolation.
0: That might have been Mustafa's plan, but John oh john
1: john Wait. had a lot of baggage the isolation might have been mustafa's plan or like john was a problem john was like had issues and mustafa didn't fully appreciate john's issues
0: that ah, uh, the lobby. yes I but mean, i yeah. he, it might have just been a, this is the best we've got situation
1: i but i also wonder is mustafa like well clearly john is what you people used to be like
0: like, right. I wonder if Mustafa is
1: right, a pre-world states person. So, yeah, like, like all, John all pre-emotional
0: control. control.
1: Right, pre-emotional control, pre-conditioning, pre-everything's handed to you exactly the way you need it. You know, John experienced a lot of hardship in his life. Yeah. So as far as Mustafa is concerned, John might be a totally normal human.
0: That's That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. So I mean, maybe maybe from his perspective, he's like, "Yo, oh, you should love all this." But I mean, they they did have the whole conversation where Mustafa's like, "You disagree. Like you don't you don't see how well this works." Yeah, because you don't understand the the calculus, the the cost that has to be paid. You don't think it's worth it.
1: Right, but then like I think that whole conversation was Mustafa's trying to explain to John exactly why it's worth it, exactly why. All of these things have to be done to humanity to ensure its long-term survival. Right. And eventually, they come to the point where they're like, well, we will never...
0: See you know, to eye never
1: line, Yeah, we'll never see eye to eye. We will never uh, be able to come to an accommodation. And John that's why John leaves.
0: Yeah. It was very interesting, though. Very cool conversation.
1: Part of me wonders if Mustafa was trying to groom a successor
0: interesting. Like, if he could bring him around, he could be really potent. I don't think John was all that smart, though.
1: I don't know. John managed to function in that society. He managed to, like, be able to take taxis places on its own.
0: I guess that's true, I think we
1: are making the mistake of hearing the way John spoke, not just his, uh, like, basically his verbiage, not, like, how the narrator in the particular audiobook that I listened to portrayed (laughs) him. Um... I think that we are taking the mistake of hearing how he spoke, which, let's be honest, most of his English was learned by people who um, English might not be the first language or is one of several languages or has been melded with other languages. So pronunciations True. are off and things like that or usages. And he also he learned Victorian English. <laughs> uh, Elizabethan, but yes. <laughs> okay, sorry, Elizabethan. Um, that's true old he learned old english like was his primary people didn't talk to him because he was the outcast so like his primary interaction with the human the english language was uh shakespeare, shakespeare <laughs> that'll mess you up yeah exactly that mess anyone up that much exposure to shakespeare
0: <laughs> it's not healthy it's not good for someone <laughs> um yeah i mean maybe it's just because of like the way he falls into this strange religious fervor at the end and um, the way he treated Lenina when she tried to sleep with him. Like he just seems like kind of a brute to me, though you are right. Like he, he does like manage to function in society. He has a a pretty stimulated conversation with a very, very intelligent man. Um, Yeah. Like there are signs that he's intelligent, but he's also a brute. I guess you can be both. It's the lesson. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, he also does not have all that much impulse control, right? And he controls his impulses with worse impulses. (laughs) Is
1: uh, is completely? I mean, I feel like it's very well explained by. Look, there's. He was raised in a heavily, like a very religious society, and he was exposed to only Shakespeare as his basically social interaction
0: right very dramatic
1: stuff right so clearly and also it's a hugely traumatic experience like one of his most traumatic experiences as a child was that his mom was sleeping around
0: yeah that's true yeah he got these major mama issues that got triggered for sure so I think that's a real (laughs) filthy trollop
1: (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) did he keep saying it was a trumpet
0: oh yes wait strumpet yes strumpet oh my god oh god again oh man damn it shakespeare why do you have such hilarious slurs for
1: women (laughs) i was really hoping for some more um like exit left pursued by bear jokes from from
0: john (laughs) i'm worried that that it was was a real missed opportunity
1: (laughs) yeah i'm just concerned that john didn't fully appreciate that joke while he was alive oh poor john uh, which is the best of Shakespeare's jokes, I think, in my humble opinion.
0: <laughs> I would give this to the book, though. There are not many novels that I read and I finish and I'm like, wait, friggin', what just happened? And then I go back and like reread the last couple pages. I love books that make me do that. So that was interesting. Yeah. I'm I not sure. Have, this, <laughs> I'm not sure I liked Andrew. what happened. Okay. But <laughs> go on. What were you saying? Uh,.
1: So, the whole, like, weird thing, like, the whole, the way the book ended was, what, uh, Lenina shows up,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: John whips her, yes, Everyone's and then really everyone has an orgy, it. yeah, everyone
0: <laughs> freaking loves, loves it,
1: <laughs> loves it, they're
0: all on board, for it. they're like, yes, that's exactly what I'm looking for, <laughs> yeah.
1: You know that new sound you've been looking for? It's this, the whip. And now I'm all, we're all turned on.
0: <laughs> well, it's obsession with novelty, right? There's, like, no freaking novelty in this universe, which That's is why Lenina wanted him so badly. And
1: That's they're all like, oh,
0: wow, this is a new thing. Yeah.
1: And, you know, the, the only way we know how to react to things is with orgies. <laughs>
0: I'm feeling strongly. I guess it's orgy time where'd you go clack baby i'm experiencing a strong emotion i guess yeah. better have an orgy oh, about it <laughs> oh my there was like all right let's go <laughs> yeah.
1: and then john kills himself
0: yep yeah what, is, it's
1: what so, is so weird to me is that i wonder what people's reactions are to that Like Like
0: people reading it, or people in the universe finding. No, people in this
1: universe that are like, maybe roll up the next day for another one. They're like, let's go, Uh, and Uh, they like, did they find him dead? Yeah, the John's dead, and I wonder if they have any idea why, or are they just like, well, if that's like the greatest unsolved mystery of the era.
0: That's a really good question. I would probably guess. That, like, the world controllers know what's up, and they come up with some stupid bullshit excuse. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, that's so weird. Like, how did that rope get caught on the ceiling fan? <laughs> like, <laughs> And then whip around his neck in a perfect 13-knot noose. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that episode of Schitt's Creek, that's basically that joke. Uh, so they probably do that, honestly. And everyone's just like, well, okay. If the world controller say it, it must be true, because part of their conditioning has to be to just believe the people in charge on everything all the time. I wonder if it might be.
1: Uh, everyone is like, well, clearly John had such a good orgy that he ki- he decided he had peaked <laughs> and killed himself, and this sets <laughs> off a wave of suicides. <laughs> Best sex of my life. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> Oh, God. That's grim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going we're, we're just to a book which ends with one of the main characters hanging from a rope. <laughs> right. After beating another one of the main characters because she tried to have sex with him. <laughs> yeah, with a Cat
0: of Nine Tails rope, and whip. It fucked up. I th- like, this is what left me so off kilter after I finished reading it. I, I, like, didn't. Like, there's so much that I don't know. Like, did Lenina die? probably not did she enjoy herself <laughs> maybe I,
1: i'm sitting here wondering if she took part in how that. much she,
0: soma did she take did she take part in the orgy fucking probably almost definitely yeah almost definitely did she have sex with john during the orgy maybe she, she might have like more wanted to have sex with him for all i know it's so confusing she's like let's
1: take this opportunity i wonder if this is all of a sudden gonna become a thing for people like everyone's oh, not maybe. Really into whipping
0: there's going to be a feely about it, for sure.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. World State subreddit, or World State Reddit is going to have a subreddit about this immediately. <laughs> hey, does there even exist in this world?
0: <laughs> the World State has discovered a kink. <laughs> and now it's a who <laughs> It's kink.
1: Some people are being given it. Do you think people are given their kinks
0: through conditioning they their children? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Be- betas are into that <laughs> oh Be- betas I mean, like feet i'm sorry it's just how it is. Comments. everyone knows that
1: everyone knows <laughs> gammas
0: like furries <laughs> no no we don't hang out with gammas <laughs> G- <laughs> gammas shows up as animals and have sex with each other that's just how it is <laughs> oh no
1: <laughs> oh my god that's so horrible well, I mean, not not for the gammas, I assume. <laughs> not for the gammas. Actually, it would be really cool if, like, people that have unusual, unorthodox kinks can all find each other.
0: On an <laughs> really island easily. for kinky people. <laughs> 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 That's where you get sent when you have different sexual tastes than the rest of your cast. Oh my god. Do you get kids to the same one as your other ones? Or, like... Uh, I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, it'd be really rough if you didn't, I guess. (laughs) I mean, there's too many islands in the world, or there's not enough islands in the world for there to be one for every kink, so. (laughs) I thought you were, like, clearly, I thought you were about to say, like, and we need more kinks to (laughs) fill (laughs) them Quickly to the internet. (laughs) Hey, internet, do I have a job for you? (laughs) 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 Oh, lord.
1: (laughs) <laughs> shit, find me for <laughs> Seriously though. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> that yeah, was anyway. that was an interesting side effect though of the um of the fact that people didn't have children naturally. That they uh there was like cast pairings because like everybody belongs to everybody else. It wasn't just like oh alphas only get it on with alphas and betas only get it on with betas. It seemed like only First of all, do we meet any beta males? <laughs> wow, no. All of them are alphas.
1: Yeah, weird, isn't, isn't it?
0: Isn't that funny? That's
1: <laughs> odd.
0: There's a lot of beta females and um,
1: no alpha females that I can recall. Yeah, it's weird. That just must be a statistical thing. Like, we just happen to not meet them in this book. Yeah, it's probably just that. That's probably just
0: that. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, 1930s.
1: What well, a time. That's better well, time.
0: than But I, I, first of all, apparently there is a counterpart to this book called The Island, which is a um, utopian story. It's like what Huxley's version of utopia is. If this is his dystopia, what's a utopia? So I really want to read that now. Um, uh, did Huxley and- say
1: this was his dystopia and that one was his utopia? Because we don't know. I'm just saying. Uh,
0: that I guess is true. I haven't verified that independently. I just believed what Wikipedia said.
1: <laughs> Let's go ahead and check a first party source on that one.
0: Uh, but no, no. I think he. I don't think the term dystopia existed yet. Utopia, I'm sure did, but he apparently wrote a foreword to this book in one of the editions where he basically laid out like, now if I could create the opposite of this, like a perfect world, it would have this, 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 and that. Excuse me. The hiccups and no more water. Um, and then he later wrote a book that had all of those elements. So he sort of did say that. Okay, good, good. Yeah, um, but I wish that there was like, <laughs> this is a problem a lot of times with old books. Like, sequels weren't a thing as much. Because, man, I would love to know what happens to Bernard and um, Helmholtz once they go to the island. Where did they go to? They went to um, the, the Falklands. Balkans. Yeah, that would be awesome. I want that story. Also, hilarious that in the 1930s, they were like, God, not Iceland. I'm like, dude, <laughs> if I could move to Iceland and bring everyone I loved with me, I would today. <laughs> Iceland's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see the island. It was so
1: interesting when, back to, you know, Mustafa, the best character in the book. It was sure. would have been so interesting... To go to that island, as because as Mustafa said, I bet it's fucking cool.
0: Like, it's so it's cool. All the coolest people are there. I wonder, what kind of. unless it's also the kinky research. island. Well, I mean, maybe it's even cooler. <laughs> That's true. You're right. I shouldn't judge. Yeah,
1: maybe it's both. And you just, it's like one it's, time. You know, you party in the night. It is in
0: intellectually
1: and physically kinky. Yeah, you are. You are both physically and intellectually <laughs> stimulated at all times.
0: <laughs>
1: oh God! It's just
0: it's one one more than the world state. oh god um
1: but anyway so i think like we'll think of what like cutting edge science is probably being done on these islands because like mustafa was a physicist like a brilliant physicist who had gone too far first of all what did mustafa discover okay i know (laughs) like he's like here's wormholes and they'll give us infinite food and resources and they're like well you must be locked up
0: (laughs) you are a danger to society or do you (laughs) want to run society it's one or the other,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I' would be concerned about locking up a, a brilliant man like that that's true, so it it's it would be curious, like you know that there's brilliant literature being written poss- possibly the only real new literature of consequence being written on these islands,
0: yeah, I'm sure
1: you know the Huxleys of our day will be on these islands,
0: yeah, that's really interesting. I, I would love I would love to see what that island is like. If there was yeah. just like a short story that he wrote of just like a couple conversations there, that would delight me. Oh,
1: like yeah, a collection of of, of co- interactions on that island.
0: Yeah. Oh, that would be really good. Man. <sighs> Too bad he's way dead. Too bad he's way dead. No, I'm no good at fanfiction. But again, I bet the fanfictions exist. <laughs> fan exist. I bet the de- fanfictions exist. I bet some of it's pretty decent, actually. I bet it is. There's is There's very good fan fiction out there, even, I'm told. I don't really read it, so I can't speak from personal experience. I consider The Martian just fan fiction about Mars. Oh my god, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Take, like, a news release from NASA. This is fanfiction of that.
1: <laughs> it was, like, one time they talked about what a cool team would be, and, like, if they could do experiments about growing stuff on Mars... And it was like <laughs> I mean, the guy's like, "All right, I'm gonna write about this some more."
0: <laughs> Somebody wrote about like what a lander would look like, and, <laughs> and it was yeah. like terrific.
1: He was like, Lights of he fire was, like, in me." Yeah, in his class in college. <laughs> oh, you mean like NASA? NASA did this. I think even like he was just sketching it. Oh, no, <laughs> that lander. I swear to God, that lander looks exactly like an old Lego kit. So, I don't know what's going on here. Oh, it but,
0: totally does. Because there was the
1: Mission Mars Lego set. Oh my god, that's so cool. So, like, I didn't think I knew about that. Oh, sick. I love that shit. There was Terrific. one that straight up looked like the rover.
0: <laughs> I I am delighted. I'm going to have to get that. Because it's probably impossible now. I'm sure it's
1: impossible. But there's definitely some of it sitting in my bedroom at mom and dad's house.
0: Delightful. I'm going to check that out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
1: going to go ahead and <laughs> did, scope did, that.
0: Were you in the middle of a point? I can't remember. <laughs> Can uh, remember that
1: was minutes ago. I know we were talking about fan fiction. I'm pretty sure the train is well and truly derailed at this point.
0: Okay, well then we should probably wrap it up. Uh,
1: fair enough. Is there any? I'm out you're of. are not topics. under an hour. You were out of what? I'm out of topics. Do you have any remaining topics, sister of mine?
0: Uh, okay, not really. I mean, we barely talked about Soma, but I'm obviously the problem with Soma is clear. I did like that. Um, they, I had liked the point in the beginning where um, they were like, well, we pretty much replaced uh, everything that people like with Soma. <laughs> we just put it all in a handy little pill. And I thought that it was funny that one of the things that they mentioned was religion, which, A, they, they totally had a religion. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about Ford. Um, oh shit. Ah, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. They, they worship consumerism and efficiency. Anyway. <laughs> not that you guys don't know that because presumably you've read this book before unlike us the last two people in the world um, but, but you know the, the people who say that religion is the opiate of the masses i thought it was funny that they replaced it with basically an actual opiate yes that was pretty funny that is my whole thought um
1: anyway anything else to say i i first of all on, on uh uh, on Soma I like that they were like And one of the first things we did Was get every chemist in the world together And figure out Soma <laughs>
0: Finally Finally the chemists of the world unite
1: Yeah at ex- ex- long last We can stop our inner squabbling In, in chemist wars
0: and None if- of this would have ever Been possible though without Soma Because Soma w- will Like otherwise you would just be too dull too Too numb all the time Soma like gives you sort of that artificial High as as drugs do yeah i mean i think it was just a high i'm not sure i guess artificial high is fine but like I
1: think
0: <laughs> high other than the artificial well no i mean like i meant an artificial emotional high you know they say there are highs and lows uh but yeah makes not just makes sense both ways it works both ways
1: it, it makes both you high ways and as, gives you a high <laughs> yes as all of the greatest writings have they works both ways <laughs> right <laughs>
0: Me and Shakespeare, baby. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I so think... for our next topic... Okay. Unless you have anything else to say about this but
1: No, I was about to say, I think we're good. And then, but you were yeah, so fast. Good.
0: For our next topic, since Peter and I are obviously physically, emotionally, and intellectually capable of getting an episode out on time, uh, I have decided to make it easy for us in the hopes that we will get a little bit back on track schedule-wise. So theoretically... We owe you an episode in two weeks on October 1st. So uh, we are doing movies this month. We are going to watch a movie that I have never seen. And I've been told many times that I'm a criminal for not having seen it. And I don't know where you stand on it, Peter. Blade Runner. And Blade Runner 2049.
1: Is that one the one that came out like two years ago?
0: Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, I'm up for this. Both are supposedly fantastic. Certainly very iconic. And I didn't know this until I started just researching just to make sure that this was something that would actually have discussion points. <laughs> because uh, we've fallen into that trap a couple times. Something I've um, never done ahead of time. I've never researched it ahead of time. <laughs> but apparently this is uh, has an entire universe. There's like comics and novels and blah, 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 blah. All sorts of different media involved. Also, it is Very loosely based on the book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? So, I don't know if I'll have time to read that before we do our episode, but I am considering it. It is not required. (laughs) Not required reading for this one gang. Cool. Because you know how we have control over what you read. Um, Complete total control. I think I might enrich things, or maybe not. But either way, definitely watch the movies because that's great. They're the modern equivalent of Brave New World in terms of things that it's criminal that we haven't seen. Have you seen them? No, I haven't. <laughs> I have been talking for such a long time; I hadn't even asked.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I am very much aware, though, of how criminal we are for
0: not, having not, not seen it. Yeah, so I think it's going to be really interesting. Forward to the opportunity to remedy my sins, and hopefully, we do it very soon, so that we can get back on track, schedule wise.
1: I think we will be uh, good to go. We better be, because I'm going to New Jersey the week that we release this. <laughs> so,
0: the week of the fifth. Uh yeah. Okay, well, I guess we're recording in the next two weeks, then. Congratulations, everybody. <laughs> or, or two weeks after that. So the next episode will be on two weeks or in a month. There's no in-between. <laughs> All right. All right. So where can they find us, Peter?
1: Uh, they can find us at facebook.com forward slash sci-fi sidebar or facebook.com forward slash signifying nothing
0: network. Um, yep or they can email us at cc or peter at signifying nothing com.
1: that's also an option
0: uh do you have any suggestions any other things that peter and i are stupid idiots for not having seen or read i love hearing those
1: i do like being told how much of an idiot i am Uh, yeah and what (laughs) What else would we have a podcast sig nothing net or something
0: What? It's at sig nothing net is it it I think you're right. Sorry. That's awkward.
1: Yeah. Let me just
0: go ahead and check. Don't listen to me. I, You
1: know, so, someone I follow uh, pretty actively on YouTube once said that the surest way to find the correct answer is to post the wrong answer on the internet. <laughs> and podcasts are kind of internet, so I'm going to go ahead and say, we've read everything
0: and listened to everything worth read- reading or listening. <laughs> we we're gonna shut down because we've read all the books and listened to and watched all the movies
1: yeah we've covered um, the entire sci-fi genre it's 100 percent. we've done it
0: it so. is in fact signifying yeah what'd you say you said sig oh that's twitter That's oh Twitter. My god so you,
1: said, you said the email Jesus and you got it correct,
0: correct okay i thought i told them something wrong oh god you guys now need you to did. be here for this last minute and if peter <laughs> edited you wouldn't be <laughs> so you <don't> him
1: <laughs> but unfortunately i don't edit so <laughs>
0: all right Listen, this is an been... hour and 20
1: minutes long i don't have the time to edit it, and we are recording this on the 21st so like you, you guys
0: you guys get it
1: Maybe. Anyway, for the quality. You're not here for the humor.
0: Why are you here? <laughs> Definitely not here for the quality. <laughs> oh god. Oh All my right. god. All right. Let's wrap this train up. This has been Sci-Fi Sidebar by the Signifying Nothing Network. A tale told by idiots.
1: Thanks, guys. Bye, bye.